2: It's
1: your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover Three Podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Cover Three Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson. And it is time to gather together, to get all gussied up and hand out some trophies. That's right. We will be getting to our November awards. This is the third month in a row we've done these superlatives. And so we're going to be highlighting the team of the month, the player of the month, the coach of the month, and the game of the month, uh, as well as any other superlatives that we want to be able to look back at what was an absolutely fantastic couple of weeks across all of college football. But since it is a chance for us to check in with our audience, our our listeners, our viewers, youtube.com slash cover three, if you're watching this. And if you are listening to the audio product, remember the mailbag is about to be uh, absolutely rolling uh, once we get into the off season. So go ahead and get in those hypotheticals. Go ahead and get in those mailbag questions, leave a five-star review, and then put your mailbag question in there. And if, if you're having trouble um i've I've heard word that there is a really nice review that only has one star yes just make sure that you double check on the (laughs) make sure you double check how many unless unless you're just you know that was your goal the entire time but uh our thanks to the nice review but the to get in the mailbag we need a five star so five star review put your question in there that I wanted just before we dive into the awards uh, a couple different headlines and notes and just sort of you know, ongoing coaching carousel conversation. The the first part of this, I guess, uh, any lingering sort of Brian Kelly LSU Notre Dame feelings as we uh, as we sit here on Wednesday morning.
2: Uh, I don't know, like Danny, you you shared it this morning um, the audio recording of the speech that he gave the team there was I don't know. Was there anything bad in there? <laughs> like, it was just kind of
3: remarkable. Like, cause we've, there was, you know, was it 11 minutes? Was yeah. it three minutes? Like who cares? But then to hear him say it, like it just, to me, we've all been fired. I've been cut and fired. Again, it's the right thing to do is to look you in the eye and give you the right thing. Like, who cares? You're gone. We get it. Like, so many people have been trying to crush Brian Kelly because it was only two and a half minutes. Like, oh, but if he would have made it thirty and hashed yeah. it out in front of him, it would have made it better. Uh, it's just, it's the nature of the beast. Like, I would have rather had a text and said, "See ya." Don't make me wake up that early. But I did think it was interesting. Like. He laid it out. I thought he was pretty honest with him. This was best yeah. move for me. I thought it was weird that he said, hopefully you guys can win a national championship, like maybe in the next couple of weeks, but I'm not going to be here. Like that to me was one of the dynamics that's just crazy that we're sitting here and that's happening. But like, I don't fault him for doing it. Like he's getting skewered. I think way more than Lincoln Riley. Maybe they both are for maybe it's whatever pops in my feed. Feels like Brian Kelly's getting pegged more yes. as the bad guy. Both of them did the same thing. They both took the jobs that they thought were better for them. So I guess you just have to deal with it.
2: Yeah. I think, I think that anytime there's a chance to dunk on Notre Dame, a lot of college football fans are just going to jump on. And then, like Lemmings, everybody kind of follows suit. Cause I'm with you. Like, what's he supposed to do after he takes the job? Is he supposed to give like a 20 minute prepared power? point like presentation explaining why he's made the decision to leave and then like with an apology at the end or like what, what's that movie love actually is he supposed to like pull out those cards and be like <laughs> i still love you blah 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 yeah it's it's stupid and it's it, whatever like i mean if he was one,
0: recruiting for notre dame it's so funny that gets spun one way is like oh my gosh like i like, I can't believe that he was on his way back from a Notre Dame recruiting trip when yeah. he was taking the LSU job. And, and I'm, I'm sorry to flip it on the other side, but hey, he was still working for you right up until the sec- last yeah. second. We know some coaches that pull off the recruiting trail and like dial way back on all of those efforts to try to, to better your, your current um, your current employer.
2: And I I think we lose sight of the fact that like, I, I understand college football is a huge thing and it's very important to a lot of people. And it's more than just, you know, a sport to a lot of people. But at the end of the day, it's like a, it's a job. And if, any of us get a new job somewhere, are we expected to go talk to every single person we work with for 20 minutes, explaining to them why we're taking the job? And I understand the relationship between a coach and a player are a lot different than that. But it's like if he's got to go start the new job, he can't t- spend too much time. And it's just, it's, it's so weird how people react to this. And it's kind of hypocritical.
3: It is. It's so hypocritical. Everybody would do the same thing. And from the player's perspective, like I got cut. When I was on the Broncos, I got cut when I was on the Giants. And I had a quick phone call with Jim Fossil when I was cut from the Giants. I wasn't in town. I was gone. I was like in Florida. And he called me and like, yeah, it's the right thing to do. But like my agent could have informed me. It wouldn't have been changing. Mike Shanahan took, you know, the five minutes to say we really appreciate all you've done for us, but we're going in a different direction. Again, like it didn't make it feel any better. Mm-hmm. Same thing at ESPN. I had a 10 minute, maybe shorter than that, maybe five minute meeting with the powers that be that said, we're going, you know, this is explain what was going on. Again, you could have saved me a half hour cause I had to drive in and, you know, get, and then leave. Like, just let me know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change the decision. It doesn't change the outcome. Just like rip the band-aid off. Like, I just think we make too much out of the what's the right thing to do when there is no great way to handle this. Mm-hmm. The players, though, in that room, I was thinking about this because I guarantee you, you could hear a pin drop. Like, those players are probably, like, their jaws are dropped. I guarantee you there's some players that are pissed that are like, man, I can't believe he's selling us out. And I guarantee you there's a couple players in there, like, texting him, coach, hit me up. You know, going to Baton Rouge, you need a you need a linebacker, you need a receiver. Like, hit me up. Don't forget about me. So – it's just Notre Dame players are smart. They know yeah. that they don't have the same spot on the depth chart in Baton Rouge <laughs> no, that they do in real. South
2: Bend. But I mean, even like, like Braden Lindsay tweeted, like, you know, get the bag, coach. You know, I mean? it's like some players completely understand what's going on. Hell, even Kyle Hamilton, I don't know what it meant. I don't know if you saw Kyle Hamilton's tweet.
0: It was pictures of him in LSU gear as a child.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> I I feel like he's going probably going to the NFL, but maybe he's got other plans now
0: that projecting your own morals onto college football players in terms of how they should or might be feeling when you don't know them is such a routine of the college football fan base Mm -hmm. and of like fans everywhere. And it's, it's like, no, it's if the players aren't as heartbroken as you, then maybe you shouldn't be as heartbroken about this.
2: Yeah. And also it's just, it's a social media thing where one person does it something and then everybody just wants to do it too. It's just, you know, monkey see monkey do
0: I think uh yeah is anyway very interesting as we continue to uh, to track this uh, along as Notre Dame is going to be looking for a new head coach Oklahoma is going to be looking for a new head coach Virginia Tech announced its head coach and I I kind of think this was a pretty clean search and sensible hire Brent Pride the defensive coordinator at Penn State has had a lot of success uh at Penn State but it's not only leading defenses, he's also had a very, a lot of success recruiting in Virginia, mm-hmm. where he also has uh, plenty of ties. I believe he played high school football in Virginia, and just so, yeah. the, the mid-Atlantic area has been a, a place where he has really uh, risen through the ranks. And so, uh, Brent Pride now has this opportunity to... Um, you know, it's the zig then zag hire. You go offensive uh guy with Justin Fuente. Now, now we go a little bit more defensive focus, but the one thing that I see from Virginia Tech, in addition to understanding the culture, understanding uh the area, the recruiting prowess within the Commonwealth, but look, there's always been this uh link ever since the Bud, Fo- I mean, ever since the Frank Beamer retirement news, there's always been this like, what, what about Bud Foster? You know, Bud Foster has been such an anchor of this. Like, I don't know. Does Brent probably give you all young Bud Foster vibes? Like you're you're hiring this, someone who's going to come in, who's going to really be passionate, who's going to focus on the defensive side of the ball. Because when Virginia Tech had success under Justin Fuente and had big wins or was competitive against the best teams, to me it was still playing Beamer ball with good defense and good special teams. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't always – Cleo Herbert maybe put to the side because that offense was rolling in 2020 at the beginning of the season – But I still think that that's going to be something that uh, Hokie fans are very excited to see.
2: Yeah, it wasn't really a name that I'd considered, but when it popped up and I saw the news, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's a good fit for Virginia Tech. And I think it's going to come down to, as it often does, like he's a defensive coordinator, never been a head coach before, but we, we know he's got good defenses. I know that within the Big Ten, he's very well respected from opposing coaches. And I know he's a good recruiter. So, like, these are all good things. But for it's always, we talk about it, when a defensive coordinator takes over as a head coach, the biggest thing to me is going to be who is the offensive coordinator hire? Because I, you, you worry if we get, like, what we saw at Washington, where if it's a John Donovan type, it's like, uh oh, we're going to try to win game 16 to 13. That usually doesn't work out very well. So it's, I think to me, if I'm a Virginia Tech fan right now, I'm like, all right, cool. This is a fine hire. Maybe it's not who you wanted. Maybe it's not who you expected, but it's a good hire. Now let's see who the offensive coordinator is.
3: Exactly. Uh, I do think Virginia Tech feels like a program to me. And maybe it's the Bud Foster. Maybe it's the lunch pail. Maybe it's all of it like the toughness feels like a defensive coordinator type of spot. You know, that's. Yeah. It, it just feels like a good fit, but I totally agree with Tom. Like it has to be which direction does the offense go? What what are you going to bring with you? Who's going to be running that side of the ball because you know that's the most important position in the game is quarterback. What are you going to develop? Like that matters just as much. But I like it from a standpoint of like program fit and personality fit. Like it feels like a good fit. I was shocked that Dave Claussen you know, it was rumored that he was offered it first and that he wasn't interested in it. Like, to me, that feels like an upgrade in the ACC. But I had somebody hit me up and say that he's got some stuff going on with his kid, that like, there's, there's something going on with a personal attachment in Winston-Salem why he might not be willing to leave with an in-state, or not in-state, but an in-conference rival. Like, he's more committed to Wake Forest than just the job itself.
0: The Winston-Salem community... Wake Forest. I mean, it's good. Uh, it he's he's deep. He's got he's got all. You know, we we always talk about alignment, right? Like when you've when you've got your major donors and your university president and your athletic director and everything's all in line, you can make things happen quickly. You don't get stuck with a lot of you know bureaucracy, a lot of red tape. And uh, I think that right now there is a uh, there's a lot of alignment in terms of vision at at Wake Forest. So uh, I. I think that I understand that one just uh, a little bit more. Uh, all right, guys, y'all ready to uh, to hand out some awards? Let's do it. Back here at the Cover Three Podcast, these are our November awards uh, to review in September. Our team of the month was Arkansas. Our player of the month was Kenneth Walker III. Our coach of the month, also from Michigan State, Mel Tucker. And our game of the month was now in the transfer portal, Jay Kaner putting his body on the line to go and beat UCLA. Uh, as we turned the calendar to October, our team of the month in October was the Pittsburgh Panthers, uh, a team that will be playing for the ACC championship this weekend. Our player of the month was Caleb Williams perhaps one of the more intriguing individuals in all of college football uh, as we see what he decides to do with his future, Spencer Rattler in the transfer portal. But Caleb Williams had a fantastic October. He was our player of the month, our coach of the month. I mean, when you're the first Nick Saban assistant to beat Nick Saban, uh, you're going to jump right to the line of that debate. Jimbo Fisher was our coach of the month for October, and our game of the month was Ole Miss overcoming mustard bottles golf balls and the university of Tennessee and everybody in Neyland stadium to be able to emerge from Knoxville with a win in Lane Kiffin's return. Ole Miss over Tennessee was our game of the month for October. Uh, okay. So let's go ahead and get this started with player of the month nominations. I've got four three names uh Danny why don't you go ahead and get this conversation started give us you, you can give us uh, all of your ones or if, if you want, just want to start conversation
3: with the one you feel the strongest about uh it's totally up to you I'll go with this. so I was trying to make sure like the recency bias doesn't creep in but the way Aiden Hutchinson has exploded on the scene the impact he did have in the Ohio State game like now, and he was just awarded. I, by the way, when did the the season, I got, thought they always happened after conference championship weekend. I saw like he was named Big Ten defensive player there, Big Ten defensive uh, lineman of the year. I don't remember it being this fast. Like all of a sudden we're here. But he was my player of the month, just exploded on the scene. I felt like, you know, for him to all of a sudden enter the Heisman conversation and possibly the number one overall pick overtaking Kayvon Thibodeau, I think it's all deserved. And it really culminated in that game, what he's meant. So he's my player of the month. He is,
0: he's on my list of three, <laughs> which, same time.
2: He's on my list, which is much longer than three, but yes.
0: I, so here's what my notes for Aiden Hutchinson. Um, and this is specifically for the, of the month conversation, uh, 13 sacks. That's good for number three nationally. Six of those 13 sacks have been in the month of November. You talk mm-hmm. about turning it on when the season is on the line for a Michigan team that hasn't competed for the big 10 championship. And those six sacks, three of them against Penn state, 3 of them against Ohio State. When the lights have been the brightest, when Michigan's season has been on the line, Aiden Hutchinson has raised his level of play and been just so individually dominant and outstanding that it you just you you got to recognize him as one of the real stars uh, of the sport. He is also uh, on my list of 3. The other two, I've got another Aiden on my list because Aiden O'Connell mm-hmm. in the month of November beat Michigan State through 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and at a 76.7% passing completion percentage in the month of November. We went from Purdue being this like multiple quarterbacks, figure out a way to just kind of duct tape the offense together and just use David Bell to Aiden O'Connell being the alpha and being able to utilize all of the weapons in that offense so uh in another Aiden, but from the big Ten, that I wanted to make sure that he at least got a shout out here in the nominations portion, but uh, no no arguments if we do end up landing at Hutchinson, in my opinion.
2: Both are on my list. Uh, I've got a number. There's a couple guys I have as like my big nominees and then some other honorable mentions, but this isn't somebody I want to consider. I don't think he's got a real chance of winning, but Frank Gore Jr.
0: Oh, yeah! Southern Uh, Miss!
2: Southern Miss. Terrible season overall. End of the year, they decide, you know what? We're going to make the switch. We're going to put Frank Gore Jr. at quarterback. Kind of like a Wildcat offense kind of situation. And then Southern Miss wins like three games in the month. Frank Gore, he he threw for 189 yards and four touchdowns. He rushed for nearly 300 yards and four touchdowns in the month. So just moving him to QB kind of changed the direction of the Southern Miss team and kind of put a nice cap on what had been a poor season. So I don't think he's going to win, but I just wanted to mention him. Uh, Another one, like stay on the defensive side of the ball. Will Anderson in the month of November alone had 23 tackles. 12 and a half tackles for loss and five and a half sacks. Pretty good month. Josiah Stewart at Coastal Carolina, seven and a half sacks in the month of November. I think he deserves a shout out. And then uh, Bailey Zapp, the quarterback at Western Kentucky, 67% completion rate, 1,561 yards passing, 19 touchdowns, three interceptions. And another quarterback, how about Mississippi State's Will Rogers? Fifteen hundred and fifty-nine yards, sixteen touchdowns, one interception.
3: Big L was my guy. I had him on there. It was tough with the two and two finish, though. Like they got a win to convert, but he's had a spectacular year.
0: So I did not. um, I did not have Bryce Young on my Player of the Month. I thought that a lot of those numbers were padded by New Mexico State, and also a, a nice look. They needed all five of those touchdowns against Arkansas to be able to win that game because the defense was having such a bad day. But uh, and then uh, CJ Stroud, if he had in the month of November, he had more interceptions than Aiden O'Connell, seventy six point seven to seventy five point six. But like about the same completion percentage. If we were going to go quarterback, I would go O'Connell over Stroud in terms of the ones that I was looking at. Same. So we want to do it for uh, for
2: Hutchinson. Yeah, I'm happy with Hutchinson. He was on all of our lists.
3: I got one more. Oh, to okay. throw in there, but I don't. I don't think he's going to win. Tyler Beatty at Mizzou. The mm-hmm. month he's had, not one but two 200 yard games versus South Carolina and Arkansas, and 146 versus Florida. Like the year he's had, quietly has been phenomenal. Yeah, decent month. Decent month. Well, congratulations, Aiden Hutchinson
0: of Michigan. You are the cover three player of the month for November. All right. What does he get? A free a Sportsline
3: subscription? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, Aiden, make sure you're following Sportsline on Twitter and put your Twitter handle uh, in the chat, and Aiden will reach out to you with that Sportsline subscription. Uh, okay. What about for the, the team of the month? This uh, – okay. Okay. It's, it's easy to be able to, at the end of the November, of November start the conversation at the top. Like, who, who has survived? Who, who has climbed its way to the top? I've got Michigan and Oklahoma State for that category. And then as I started to, like, scroll further down, like if Wisconsin had beaten Minnesota, <laughs> it would have had the, like, hottest team at the end of the year played its way into the Big Ten championship game. But on a similar note, I think for the purposes of just discussion and and highlighting a good November, uh, I would add Utah to the the conversation. So I'd Michigan, Oklahoma State, and Utah as my nominees for the team of the month uh, here in November.
2: I have five nominees. All three of them are also on the list. Uh, Another nominee who I don't think has a chance of winning, but I feel like it deserves to be nominated, Georgia. Just
0: yeah. Completely. I thought about that. And also we're gonna do coach of the month later. I was like, what has Georgia done wrong?
2: Yeah. It's it's not just that they won, it's just I mean, they they killed everybody that they played, but there was also an FCS opponent in there. So I, I don't think we can give them team of the month. And then another one, kind of going back to Bailey's app, Western Kentucky. This is a team. That started the season one and four. It you know it, it opened the year with a win over Tennessee Martin, then it lost four straight to Army, Indiana, Michigan State, and its conference opener to UTSA. But that UTSA game was a very close game. It was fifty two to forty six. I remember because I had bet the Roadrunners in that game and I was watching it very closely. Very closely contested game, and then they won seven straight. And in the month of November, not only did they go 4-0, but they won by an average of 28 points per game. They beat Middle Tennessee by 27. They beat Rice by 21. They beat FAU by 35. And they beat Marshall at Marshall by 32. And they needed to win every single one of those games to win the East Division. And they will be playing for a Conference USA title this weekend because of it. So I think Western Kentucky deserves a nomination. Don't
3: hate it. Danny, Who were you leaning on this? I trip? had – so the similarities between these two are very like eerie with Oklahoma State and Michigan. Those were the two. I was looking at Baylor too, but the TCU loss came in the month of November, so you can't have them. want to give them some credit. San Diego State, they, I think all their wins to win out were after they lost to Fresno State. They finished pretty strong. I have Oklahoma State written down because I'm going to spread out some of these awards in the back end. But for them – To finish the way they did to get over their hump, which was Oklahoma, in Bedlam, and to now be on the verge of a playoff berth. And it's all of this you could just insert Michigan into these, (laughs) I can just fill in the blanks. They're so similar, but from where, and they both have had a couple down years, like all of it are very similar. I gave the edge to Oklahoma State, but I think it was very, very tight with them in Michigan. So for the result side of
0: this that would be 63-17 against TCU, 23 oh 24-3 against West Virginia, 63 to 17 against TCU, 23 to nothing against Texas Tech and then 37-33 in Bedlam against Oklahoma. Uh, that outside of that Oklahoma game, uh, dominant, no dominant, no one yeah. has even come close to being competitive against this Oklahoma State team. I I think I would put my vote with the Cowboys.
2: What do you yeah. think, Tom? Yeah, let's make it a clean sweep. Go with the Cowboys.
0: Okay. Clean sweep. Clean sweep. Going with the Cowboys. Congratulations, Mike Gundy. Everybody that you hunt rattlesnakes with, you can now, you can now take this out there as, a, as, as another little trophy um, in addition to whatever, whatever rattlesnake is now hanging over your mantle. Coming up on the other side, we continue our conversations with the Cover 3 Awards for the month of November with our Coach of the Month and many to choose from. Many of them all even on one day or in one weekend. The Game of the Month for the month of November. We'll get into that and more next clutch athletics and rich paul the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community with rising defensive football stars will anderson and chase young on the roster clutch athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes giving them style and performance on and off the field learn more and purchase clutch athletics at newbalance.com
1: ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential
0: Back here on the Cover 3 Podcast Awards for the month of November, we already have handed out Player of the Month to Michigan's Aiden Hutchinson, Team of the Month to Oklahoma State and the Cowboys that will be playing Baylor for the Big 12 Championship, and a shot at the college football playoff. And now it's time to pivot to the Coach of the Month. Tom, why don't you go ahead and get us started here with nominees.
2: I have a lot of nominees and then one person and one person only who I think deserves to win this month. So I will start with the nominees first. Uh, I've been on a big Western Kentucky. I don't need to go any further into it. But Tyson Helton, Clay's brother, has done a fantastic job at Western Kentucky this month. I think he deserves a nomination. Mike Gundy obviously coached our team of the month. He deserves a nomination. Kyle Whittingham, Kirby Smart. Obviously had great months. Uh, Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly, Mel Tucker, James Franklin, any coach who was able to secure the bag by using other jobs or using <laughs> other job openings to get new deals. Mark, you Stoops. Mark Stoops. But the one coach I think deserves it more than anybody is Jim Harbaugh because of the context where at this time last year he was on the hot seat and we were all wondering, will Michigan move on? He takes a pay cut to stay, comes back, finally beats Ohio State, has Michigan in position to win the Big Ten, has Michigan in position to reach the college football playoff, and the cherry on top, I don't know if you guys saw this, but when Jim Harbaugh restructured his contract to come back, there were a lot of performance bonuses placed in it, which include, you know, like getting to a bowl game, winning the Big Ten, making the playoff, blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of money if he does these things. Jim Harbaugh has said that any bonus money he gets, he's not keeping He's giving it to any employee in the athletic department at Michigan who had to take a pay cut because of COVID in the last year. Jim Harbaugh is the coach of the month.
3: No (laughs) argument. Right? Exactly. He was my coach of the month. Uh, I had Pat Narduzzi as one. And Once they lost to Miami, you're like, which way could the season go? They won the month, get to an ACC championship game. Um, Several of the same guys, but Harbaugh, I had Gundy in there as well, but like I said, I gave Oklahoma state the team of the month Harbaugh plus not only that, which is awesome. And he's one of those guys where the like many fan bases feel safe with their coach. Like, cause mm-hmm. he likes the university more than securing the bag. Oh
0: yeah. Like, like in this era yeah. of, of being I, fearful that like if Brian Kelly's willing to leave Notre Dame and Lincoln Riley's willing to leave Oklahoma and like anything goes that of all the high level power five jobs,
3: That great point, Danny. That would be the one fan base that has to be like, nah, he ain't leaving, right? What he's done, like to do the pay cut, to give the money back, to give us the best quote of the year too. (laughs) So far, (laughs) that'll be my nomination for quote of the year. When you're born, you know, you you think you're, uh, you've made it. You're born on third base. One of the greatest lines of all time. Glad to see the uh, the cockier, chirpier version of Jim Harbaugh. So he's my coach of the month. He's awesome like it it is the full arc because you know he
0: lands in college football and he's he's cocky he's chirpy he's ruffling feathers he's like messing up the system gets humbled a couple of times and then kind of just turns into this new like he switched over to the malcolm x classes you know went <laughs> for like a like totally new like more educator forward standpoint you know a lot of his uh commentary on like the NFL draft on players' rights has been maybe uh, different than what you might expect condi- considering he's traditional enough to want a whole thing of milk with his steak. But, like, <laughs> he continues to evolve even after, at this point. And the the win, getting him in position for the Big Ten Championship game, uh, still firing off some of those rivalry shots, it's, uh, it is awesome. He dropped that we are going to beat Ohio State or die trying. I was like, geez, that's a – you sure? You really, want, you really want to go that far? But that hey. was
2: my favorite Fifty Cent album.
0: <laughs> Beat Ohio State or die trying. <laughs> yes. Oh uh, man, yeah. I, I Jim Harbaugh, Kirby Smart, and then I also threw Kirk Ferentz on there. You know, Iowa kind of got lost in the cornfields there for a little bit, but to storm back and be able to uh, a lot of injuries and, and just sort of piece this together, you look up and you are like, oh, Iowa's ten and two. That's that's above their win total. You know, they are playing for a Big Ten championship. It has not looked pretty often, but, you know, they're there. But no no way that I could argue for a Kirby Smarter Kirk Ferentz over Jim Harbaugh. So, at, at the award ceremony, now go ahead and get them on the red carpet together because Jim Harbaugh joined Aiden Hutchinson as Mich- Michigan lands its second <laughs> cover three podcast award for the month of November Congratulations to Jim Harbaugh. No, nope. Right now, again, locks are going to be on Thursday. Ten and a half point spread. I'm not asking about the spread, but just straight up. Would you put Michigan on upset alert for Saturday night in Indi- Indianapolis?
3: No. no. They shouldn't. I think, like, I don't know, not a locks take, but I'm leaning towards the under because I think they could, I think there's a hangover effect. Like, I think there is a, OK, we like there's going to be enough tightness like you just got to get one more game. And I think all these games will probably leave the under just because of that aspect. Um, It makes me a little bit nervous for them, but I just it's hard to envision a scenario where Spencer Petris or whoever's playing quarterback for Iowa is able to put up enough points to win this one. I think it might be ugly, but I think Michigan gets it done. I will say
2: there is like you mentioned, like a letdown thing. There could be. Just an emotional letdown because it's not just the Ohio State game, but if you look back at Michigan's last month pretty much, there was the Michigan State loss, and then you've got the win at Penn State, and then you've got the win over Ohio State. Those are like three really big games for Michigan which, with a lot of varying emotions heading into this game. So there might be, but yeah, like you said, it w- based on what I've seen for this Michigan team and what it was able to do last week against Ohio State, this Iowa offense does not concern me very much against them.
0: And we've got historical precedent with Ohio State having multiple slow starts in the Big Ten championship game after closing out the season against Michigan. I mean, it's, it was almost a, you know, an annual tradition there for a little bit to watch it be 7-7 against a Northwestern or a Wisconsin and, and know in the back of your mind that the Buckeyes are going to win this, but, uh, but it wasn't always pretty. Okay, on to the game of the month for the month of November. Uh, as, as I teased before the break, I think you've got some awesome options right in the final weekend of the season. Uh, I'm really trying to not apply too much recency bias here because we have had great results all throughout the month. Uh, Tom, why don't you go ahead and get us started. How many nominations do you have for the game of the month?
2: Nine.
0: <laughs> there we go. All right. I, I am... I am almost certain that all of mine are on your list.
2: I would, I would imagine. So, uh, okay. Well, the game of the month. How about the game? Michigan beat Ohio State. Although I don't, I think while that was a huge win for Michigan, my personal opinion is that it wasn't really close enough to warrant game of the month consideration. I, I yeah. agree. Same. Left it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, bedlam was just bedlam and it was funny because this was kind of a season where we thought it was going to be like the total for this game was only 49 and a half. We all thought it was going to be lower scoring but nope, uh-uh. Life and anything else cannot overcome Bedlam. Bedlam's going to happen. That was amazing. The Iron Bowl was not pretty. But I think it was a very interesting game and it was had huge ramifications, but I don't think that's enough to win, but I wanted to put on the nominees. But here we get to the regular ass games uh unc 58 wake 55 that was just awesome a good time uh florida 70 samford 52 (laughs) i think that's got to be dominated because that game had huge ramifications uh iowa 28 nebraska 21 the crazy comeback on friday after thanksgiving nc state's crazy comeback against north carolina so the tar heels are on here twice that 34 to 30 win uh illinois 47 northwestern 14 Hmm, hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. i mean come on illinois won the hat but for me my personal favorite kansas 57 texas 56
3: (laughs) dang with the walk on to score the winning going over to his parents waving
2: that And to me, that game had the whole communal feel because everybody was watching that game when they realized what was happening. So it's like everybody was watching it at the same time and reacting to it at the same time. And I feel like for game of the month, that's always a huge part of it for me.
3: Man, those are some good ones that I didn't even consider because I had all these like elite games that went (laughs) under the radar. I had both your North Carolina games on there. I added a wake, the NC State Wake game where yeah. Wake 145-42. I had that one on there as well. I left Ohio State, Michigan off. I had Bedlam on there. I actually I gave it to the Iron Bowl for my game of the month. And I I know Auburn was six and five, and now six and six, and I know it wasn't the prettiest game, but I was watching it. I was marveling at the job the SEC does. Maybe it's CBS, maybe it's a credit to Gary and you know the job they did that they do on the broadcast, the scene that was there, all of it. But where else could that be a resume builder other than the SEC? Like any other mm-hmm. conference you play in, you're probably getting criticized. Oh, this means you're not as good. And instead, it felt like a Super Bowl in four overtimes with the drama at the end. First iron ball that goes to overtime. Like for me, that was the game of the month. Maybe a little recency bias, but all that was there. Man.
2: i i I know we work for cbs obviously so but i i I, like you mentioned the way that the broadcast is done for the game there's a part of me that wonders if the i obviously i know the money they're not going to regret but there's a part of me that wonders if the sec might regret a little bit just going exclusively to espn in which all of their games are going to be produced and shown in the exact same manner because to me there's just something kind of special about that game being on CBS and it was the same, you know, with any other, when there's just like a spotlight game like that, which gets a, a lot all the attention from one network and all the production that goes into it that kind of helps a game stand out that like you said even though like if if that game was at 11 a.m. on ESPN I don't think that's a game of the month nominee, mm-hmm. but the fact that everything that goes in, but I just wonder if SEC is going to maybe regret that at some point
0: um, CBS does a fantastic job and was groundbreaking it was really the first one to to really come out and invest in the talent on the production side and the technology on the production side. you know The time, like the way that we're going to present this is not going to be necessarily as a, just a hard X's and O's football game, but as a theatrical presentation to help you feel the tradition, the pageantry, and really uh, try to take you inside the stadium. I think like for the purposes of being just sort of balanced here, I think Fox is doing a good job of that with its big noon game. I feel like those games have that same really, really big feel to them, and having them in Big Ten stadiums does, you know, help the scenario. It would help but if I,
2: they didn't go to commercial every chance they got, though. Listen,
0: <laughs> there's Fox commercial break jokes to be had, but I also, you know, wanted to at least like give give out some props too, where mm-hmm. I think that you can tell that in the same way they have prioritized, like this isn't just one of. There might be three games on Fox all in a row, but they've decided what one is going to look and feel like, and it is going to be special. And I think that's, uh, that's been something that I've recognized.
2: Fox has always done a really good job of making every game feel like a big event. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay. So I've got to break some
3: ties here, I
0: guess. Man, Danny, I think we got to go Kansas,
3: Texas. I'm fine with that. I'll get I didn't even have it on my list, but I'm good with it. Yeah, because the (laughs) you you put to and we're gonna throw the Applebee's commercial on top of it. Yeah. You know,
0: it brings name, (laughs) image, and likeness into play. Um what it symbolized for the chaotic year that Texas has had, um, the communal feel that Tom talked about. My argument against the game is that it wasn't that close, Mm -hmm. though it was obviously very significant. Iron Bowl is like if you could distill the final. 97 yard drive and overtime and if for some reason I was only uh selecting my favorite hour and 15 minutes of like fo- co- college football in the month it would be the conclusion to the Iron Bowl probably one of my favorite finishes but you know, with the whole game I I think that I'm gonna leave that to the side excellent call with Florida Sanford um, and uh yeah because there's Florida Sanford uh NC State UNC like there's a lot of like you know, like brain busters. Like, what is going on here? But Kansas two point conversion in overtime. It's uh, that's something special. So, congratulations, Rock Chalk, Kansas's walk off win against the Texas Longhorns. <laughs> you are the Cover Three Podcast game of the month for November. So, to review. For the month of November, our player of the month is Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Our team of the month is Oklahoma State. Our coach of the month, Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. And our game of the month, Kansas's win against Texas. I don't think, I don't, maybe we'll do an end of bowl season awards. We'll give out, cause we, I know Tom, you rank the bowl games, right? Yep. Do you rank them before and after?
2: Yep. Next Monday, my uh, pre-Bowl rankings will be coming out.
0: We'll be discussing them on Monday afternoon's Cover 3 podcast. Try to highlight some of the... Because we'll, just as a, a matter of business here before we get out, on Thursday, regular time, 11 a.m., championship locks. will be right here for you. Saturday night, we'll be doing our Instant Reaction show as planned. We're going to check in on Sunday, and right now the plan is to you know, try and just give you that instant reaction right after the top four is announced or shortly after the top four is announced. Then in terms of really trying to highlight some of our favorite bowl matchups and some of the other uh, pieces of the bowl season to pay attention to uh, that will be coming on Monday where, as we just mentioned, uh, Tom Fernelli's bowl rankings will be a a big piece of the conversation.
2: Uh,
0: Any other business before we get out of here?
2: Do you want to do any of our superlative awards?
0: Oh yeah. The, any other, yes, please, Tom, thank you so much. I'm sitting here putting Clemson in the ACC championship game on the playoff rankings reaction pod, like it's 2018 or something. <laughs> while uh, I would have loved to spend, uh, you know, the, the Saturday afternoon hanging out with my guy, West Durham, watching games like I did in 2018. Uh, we, we need to be here in the now. So uh, let me, let me know, Tom, what, what are some of the superlatives that you wanted to highlight before we get out of here?
2: Uh, <clears throat> my fired coach of the month award goes to Ed Orgeron for going out in style with that crazy win over Texas A&M, and then you know giving one last go Tigers before he walks off into the sunset, and we'll see him wherever that voice shows up next, baby. Uh, great, great.
0: Well, hold on, hold on. Before you keep moving on that, fantastic finish for Coach O. We don't okay. get to see like those like that is storybook enough for him to continue to just be Coach O. Like. That's the the full turn. You were mad at me. I I'd said, okay, we're gonna do this, you know, separation agreement, but but I am gonna finish strong. I'm not gonna quit on the team. We're gonna be competitive against Alabama. We're gonna beat these teams down the stretch. Uh, I that was uh, that was an awesome finish for Coach O.
2: No doubt. Yeah, it's it's kind of a theme because like when you think about when he was the interim at USC, how strongly that team finished, even though he wasn't gonna be getting the job. It's just, you know, he's he's a hell of a finisher when he doesn't have a job in the future. Um my- I love the scroll. <laughs> That's my favorite scroll
3: we've seen. Yet.
2: <laughs> well done. My my hypocritical fan base of the month goes to Oklahoma mm-hmm. for being mad that maybe Lincoln that Lincoln Riley left for USC in the dark of night and did something you had no idea was coming or had no clue of beforehand a few months after Oklahoma decided to just jump, leave the Big Twelve for the SCC. It's like, oh wow. That's not hypocritical at all. You were gloating when that happened, weren't you? Uh, Did you see
0: how uh, Oklahoma fans are kind of getting dunked on right now because they're like, I don't know how anyone could survive 72 hours like this. And all these (laughs) other fan bases are like, you've never seen darkness. I was born (laughs) in the darkness. Like, Like Mark Ennis put together a long thread of all the insane things that have happened around Louisville football and he didn't even need to get to Louisville basketball and the dorm uh, adult entertainers and everything else. He just he went through all the Petrino stuff. He went through uh, you know the uh, potentially you know, the meetings with Auburn. Mm-hmm. He was,
2: Hell, he try great. to be a Tennessee fan.
0: A Tennessee fan this is another yeah. great example. Come on, Oklahoma, <laughs> toughen up.
2: And again, I I understand where their feelings come from because it's like that's a shock to the system. That as an Oklahoma fan, you're not used to. So obviously, you're probably going to respond poorly to it. But come on. It wasn't that long ago you just did the same thing to the Big 12. Um, my, I touched on this on yesterday's episode, Chip, when we were reacting to the college football playoff rankings, but the dumbest argument of the month award goes to anybody arguing that a defensive player deserves to win the Heisman because no offensive player has stood out and showed that they really deserve the award, and then listing five defensive players who should win the Heisman (laughs) with none standing out over the other to win the award. That is the dumbest argument of all time. If you want a defensive player to win the award, cool. Vote for him, pitch for him, but come up with a better argument than that one because it is weak. Uh, Worst people in the world of the month. Anybody who has anything to do with the college football playoff rankings that come out between the two college basketball games – (laughs) Kiss my ass. I hate you with every fiber of my being. That is just torture. Uh, Fan of the month. Any fan who has an old college roommate whose parent is a realtor in a college town who told them that a coach's wife was in town earlier this week looking at houses and that it's basically a done deal. You are important to every message board. You keep the message board economy going, which keeps this country going. And we salute you here at the Cover 3 podcast. And then finally,
0: Ah. I got to tell people that everything that Tom just said is currently rolling on the scroll. So, uh, youtube.com slash cover three. If you want to enjoy the closing superlatives, because, uh, all, all of that award for the fan of the month, like congratulations uh, to you, which has also led to the continued fallout of uh, you know the the fan then getting skewered, and then now we're like shaming the, mm-hmm. the skewers of the way they treat the fans. <laughs> I mean, just just really, really good stuff.
2: Well done. And then finally, worst trend of the month: players recording coaches. Mm. Whether it's what happened at Texas or the Brian Kelly speech, the going away speech, just I. It's weird. I feel like social media has caused us to think that everything is p- p- like public domain now and everything is has to be shared with everybody in the world. Like, just some crap needs to just be kept between you. Not everybody needs to know about it. You don't need to post everything you're doing on Instagram. You don't need to have an Instagram story. You don't need to put it on social media. Just live your damn lives, man. I call it
0: also, the... Uh, Mark Jackson wasn't the one taping right? Wasn't it a Mark Jackson assistant that was taping the conversations?
2: Oh, I don't remember.
0: It was oh, a man. scandal back in 2016. Yeah. I don't know. That's for a long time. I always called the like secretly taping the Mark Jackson, which is probably unfair. It probably wasn't even him doing the taping. He probably just got caught up in the, isn't recordings. it?
3: Isn't it against the law in some States? It like is. Some, some coach is going to like take this to the next level at some point. I do. I totally agree with you. The locker room to me was a sacred place. You don't let mm-hmm. things out. You keep it in house. And that, I mean, that's just a product of the environment we live in now where nothing is sacred. Everything's recorded. And if you're a coach, and hopefully everybody knows this by now, or a player, you can't ever assume that it's private. You just always have to assume whatever I say is going to get out there no matter what I think that's happening. And it's, a, it is, it does suck because some things are better private and they don't need to be shared. But, Everyone wants those I, didn't, I haven't seen who either the Texas who recorded Bo Davis, I don't know who that was, and I don't know the player who was or the coach, whoever it was that recorded this Brian Kelly meeting. And it's great for us though, so I'm kind of torn. <laughs> so I'm like, man, it gives us some good some good fodder, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not healthy. No, I Twitter, cool. the new Twitter CEO is trying to crack down on like use of people's images without their consent. Like, so people are wondering, I saw Nicole Arbach from uh, the Athletic saying, like, does this mean we can't use those fan memes that go viral? Like the, what was it the Auburn or Alabama girl? Or it was, I forget oh, what yeah. fan it was, who rolled the their eyes. Or all yeah. the, the double cobras, yeah. like, that go viral. Like, could those fans shut those down if they're embarrassed? Like, I don't know. I oh, this that.
0: weekend, the Friday night, it was the, uh, it was the NC State girl. And it looked like it might've <laughs> been the Carolina guy. Yeah. Yeah. She that was, was trying to give the go pack. He was cheering for the heels. She hit him with the eye roll <laughs> and the pack caught the dub. Woo!
2: No, that was, that was actually chilling though, because I have seen that look that she gave him.
3: <laughs> we late. all have.
2: Yeah. Like that look is just, Oh God, it sends the chill down your spine. Cause you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, you've, you know, um, awesome. Well, yeah, that, uh <laughs> Fan of the month. Anyone in College Town who told that the coach's wife in town earlier this week and that it's basically a done deal. Mm-hmm. Best. <laughs> Yet, not true that USC purchased both of Lincoln Riley's houses.
3: No, <laughs> that one was nutty, right? And then I was thinking if they bought him a house for six and a half million, that's going to be a really crappy house compared to what he's living in Norman. <laughs> like he's going to have like a 1800 square foot, two bedroom house and his daughters or his kids are going to have to be sharing rooms. I don't think that's the setup he's getting in LA. is
0: <laughs> it some of that too, the, like the way that USC is back the money up um, is with a lot of this cost of li- living stuff and doing yes. it for, the assistant coaches as well, because uh, having the assistant coaches live close to the facility is wildly expensive, but that's one place where the university can step in and be able to ha- take care of things that would otherwise be a headache, like the the expansion beyond just even what your salary pool is.
2: Yeah, Reggie Bush taught him how. Yeah! <laughs> Shout out, Reggie. Give him the damn Heisman back, you weirdos.
0: Shout out. Yeah, hey. send us send us a a ballot on whether or not uh reggie gets his heisman back
2: (laughs) i'll vote for it yes
0: yeah there we go uh reminder 11 a.m youtube.com slash cover three if you want to join the conversation live you can follow him on twitter at Tom Fernell, you can follow him at danny cannell you can follow me at chip underscore patterson gentlemen thank you very much
2: thank you